Welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I am one of your hosts, Three-Eyed Sloth, aka, nope, I always do that backwards, I'm gonna go with it. Josh, that's me, and with me is Mr. Neil. DM Neil, aka Joke Maniac. I guess, yeah, Mr. Neil is not really a, a good, that's not your name, I'm sorry. I could force people to call me Professor. Because Ooh, I have a should. master's degree. I will not. I don't... I, is that how that it, works? Oddly enough, it is. Amazing. So today, we're going to tie back to episode 141, Raw Real Monsters 9, Wendigo. Dun dun dun. Mm. And, we're getting up into like the Friday the 13th level of sequels. Yes. Oh, gross. Diagnostics number 116 was made and it was called... Mysterious Myths and Legendary Legends, which is a reference to Strong Bad Email number 145. That's such a good reference, by the yes. way. Kudos. Thank you, Rorik, for helping out with that truly amazing reference. With the Wendigo being the subject of that particular episode, uh, it makes sense to go and look at some other frozen beasties. So we're going to Dayembe and going up into the frozen north. And trying to, basically, the prompt is to create some myths or true monsters, whatever, that tie into that Frozen theme. And kind of, maybe there's some interaction there with the actual Wendigo itself. Maybe not. That was all, you know, kind of up to people to explore if they wanted to. But yeah, so kind of mythological Frozen monsters. Yes. And there were some great ones, and we're going to highlight a couple of those right now. Josh. I know you're terrified yes. of the one you want to highlight, so let's get right to it. Oh, it's in my dreams. I'll never unsee. Uh, so this one was from Mr. Rorick, Silver Dragon Patreon member. Thank you, Rorick. This one, so I have to preface, there's a number of pictures that you submitted for people to claim and, and write about. This particular image is so haunting and so messed up that I can't look away from it, and it's just, mm, it's it's truly terrifying and yet captivating. I can't not, I can't look away. It is, I think the Wampa from The Empire Strikes Back, you know, the big, big snow beast, you know, rawr, he gets his arm chopped off. Think of that, but like a bazillion times creepier mm-hmm. and with nasty teeth and like a skull nose. Anyway, it's gross. Roar came up with a great, post to go with this awesome picture though. Uh, basically, the creature is known as the Gelder, or I'm assuming Gelder is the correct pronunciation. Essentially lives in like the really high uncharted part of the mountains, and like the myth that the, the people tell is that it comes down in the late fall, and it comes down even further down the mountain like as winter goes on, and it's this giant monstrous humanoid um, that's always surrounded by fog, and then like villages will often like, whenever this fog rolls in, uh, the villages go into lockdown in order to like protect themselves, and they hide uh, because the Gelders like apparently slaughters and eats anything because it has this huge appetite. So some of the other legends go deeper into the fact that like maybe the Gelders a troll. It's like this large troll mm. that's been able to adapt to like living up in this cold region and you know all this stuff. So what then Rorik kind of explains is that the actual so that's the legend or the myth. The reality is that this is in fact a troll. But it's mostly just an albino troll, which gives it that really white kind of hairy coat, you know, it's very clear coat. 
And it's not necessarily the fog is like an adaptation of it, but essentially the the fog comes from a symbiotic relationship that this troll has with the rare species of toad that it actually like generates this fog as like self-defense. So it's really weird, but it's yeah, kind of awesome, awesome how this troll and these toads kind of work together in this ecosystem to both further their means and it's really cool. And so basically the the troll kind of migrates with the toads and, and travels with them to kind of conceal itself within the fog. And it, it's, it's awesome. I love it. So I was trying to remember what this image is making me think of. And it's like the rated R version of the abominable snow monster of the North from the yes. old Rudolph. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, oh, it's so creepy and so good. Well done, Rourke. Bravo. Well, what did, what did you have, Neil? I have one. <laughs> Sorry. That was as long as I could keep a straight face because mine <laughs> comes from DM Big Burrito. Yeah. And that makes me very happy. And they came <laughs> up with the idea of the Blizzard Soldier. So the image is essentially like this undead warrior, very skeletal, and they're almost held together by ice. You know, and it's, it's holding their swords in their hands and their joints together. And essentially, there was this king of the Northland who started this giant war despite like all the misgivings from everyone else like yeah maybe now's not the time it's gonna get really bad no 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 we can do this pushing on and as they go further the officers start to say maybe this is a bad idea so he kills the officers the general starts saying maybe this is a bad idea and he kills the generals by the time he finally reaches where he wants to start this war, the essentially 500,000 warriors is whittled down to 65,000. And those also die. And I think it's almost like this interesting, like the hatred for what this guy has done to them fuels the dead to come back. And now they haunt that final area and like only like a small handful survived. And now they continue to plague that area and no one goes there because no one comes back. So good. Yes. So good. Well done, DM Big Burrito. (laughs) On so many levels, well done, DM Big Burrito. Just that whole sentence was just wonderful, full of just mm. With that, I say we lift the mental weights right now. Lifting weights is what I do. Look at me. Lift these weights. So, the question is, which ones shall we tackle? I also realized that some of these ended up being very large creatures that I posted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it makes sense. A lot of times, it doesn't have to be, but mythological creatures often end up being larger than life, like either giant dragons or these huge hulking things like that's kind of like what makes mythological monsters really interesting so which one shall we tackle well i'm really liking i let's see there's a few that i'm like no it's kind of you know whatever i like number four which is a, a crystalline like wolf like creature mm-hmm. uh, i'm a big fan of that uh, i'm also really really into number Eight is what I meant to say, uh, which is like a giant, also kind of like a mm-hmm. wolf-like cre- or just some kind of uh, four-legged monstrosity that's just humongous, like literally the size of like a mountain. And it's just made of, it looks like snow or ice or something. And it's just awesome looking. So I say one of those two. Okay. 
Well, I say we start with number eight and then we'll move to number four. Perfect. I like it. So it looks like the little watermark on that picture for number eight says it's called an Arctic tiger. Uh, I don't know if you you see that. So it looks like a concept art for that somebody made. It's really cool. But yeah, so I'm I'm into that. Let's do this. Done. So what caught first off something that big. So, I mean, we're talking like if you're looking at the people in the picture for scale, this thing is probably like what over a hundred feet tall in that neighborhood. Yeah. So like what, where does something like this come from? Like, is it a natural creature that like lives in the frozen areas? Like, is this something that like was made? Like what, what's going on with this guy? That's the joy of myths and legends, right? Nobody knows. I mean, part of me always, and I, I wonder if this is too logical of a, of an approach, Part of me always leans towards magic because the I, and sometimes I'll try and shut the logic side off and be like, shut up. Who cares what they would have to eat to, to sustain a body that big? But that's where I go. Anytime it's like, it's mm-hmm. a natural creature. I'm like, then it's naturally <laughs> dead. Right. So I always love the idea of magic being the cause. <gasps> it makes sense. What? Something like that's this big. What if, or what, do you got? what if something lives inside it? That, okay, see, that's kind of where my brain was going. Either that's <gasps> it just turned into Snow Voltron. Kind, okay, okay, I see where you're going. I was thinking, yeah, like that really works. I was thinking either like somebody or something like maybe it's like a temple or some kind of thing that's like shape. It's basically like a giant animated monstrosity like this, but on the in the inside is actually like a like a small fortress or city or t- or something like that like that somebody kind of hides within you know it's like a i don't know some powerful wizard or something that like it's like his not only his hideout or hide you know shelter but it's also doubles as protection you know to kill anything that tries to come after him i really really like that and that immediately made me think of aladdin okay and this is like it's like the cave of yeah, wonders this is like thing. the snow version of that Except the Cave of Wonders just was like a big face that just sat there in the sand. Whereas this is like, imagine the Cave of Wonders like got up and it's like, all right, I'm just going to like pounce on you and I'm going to, you know, because that's what that's what this guy's doing. Perfect idea. But (laughs) I mean, this is definitely if you're going to throw this kind of thing at your players, you're going to need to find the kind of workaround of the idea that they could be inside it rather than fight it. Because if they're fighting it, you're talking like CR 20 or something like that. Right. I imagine it's more of a, yeah, I think that's the trick is that maybe like the myth is that it's this, it's this legendary beast that people are afraid of, but in reality, like it's not a monster and it's not something that can be killed. It's really like hiding something, you know, and that's kind of the whole thing is that uh, if this were something in a game, players would maybe think going into it that like, oh, we have to take this thing down, but it's not like there's no killing it because it's not like a thing to be killed. It's meant to be like an obstacle that needs to be overcome to get inside of it, essentially. So like, I like that. Intentionally swallowed whole. Right. So is it actually alive, though? I guess because I think that's like the myth that this is like a fearsome, humongous beast. But is it actually alive? I feel like you're trying to ask some very deep existential question. <laughs> Can it feel? Does it have feelings? Because part of me wanted to essentially say, like, I don't think it's sentient in that. Can it love, Neil? Can it love? 
Can anyone? Can it love me? Is what I'm really yes. trying to ask. As long okay, as you good. have an Arctic tiger snack, then you are good to go. <laughs> but I think the idea of it being like a guardian. Yeah. And like, you know, and there's, you know, and in that concept of, you know, magical guardians and there being some level of air quote programming that comes with that. But I, I don't think much beyond that. Did you ever related? This isn't a complete tangent. Did you ever play the video game Shadow of the Colossus? <gasps> yes. That's what this is kind of reminding me of, except that so it's kind of similar in that there's the big Colossus. But then instead of just trying to take it down, maybe there is that element of like trying to take it mm-hmm. down. But more of the the goal is to get inside of it because of what it's hiding. And like, that's that's super interesting. I like it. For those that don't know, Shadow of the Colossus is like this PlayStation game about these giant, like 100 plus feet, you know, monstrosities that, that you're playing this boy, you know, this this guy that's trying to you know, take them down, you're climbing up and you're doing all sorts of really awesome, epic things, you know, so it kind of reminds me of of that, the scale of this creature anyway. Yes. What's it called? Well, what are, what are we calling it? I guess we didn't, I didn't really come up with a name for it. Yeah, and I think that's definitely the toughest portion of myths because as cool as Arctic Tiger is, doesn't really scream no. myth and legend to me. No, yeah, I'm not really feeling that. I mean, you can go with like very almost generic sounding kind of like frozen monster name, you know, something like maybe it's frozen mane or <laughs> something like that. But it's, it's like, eh, maybe cold snap. Get it? Cause it's got jaws and it'll snap you in its nope. jaws. Come on. Nope. I don't like it. So I used the ever changing book of names. It came up with uh-huh. soul roar. S O O L R O R. All right. I, I can I can do it. Is the legend of Sewell Roar rolls off the tongue, also known as Cold no. Snap. <laughs> cold Snap terrorize, <laughs> and that is going to move us to number four, which is like you said, is like a crystalline wolf. Although for me, I immediately kind of want to make it a good creature. It's something okay. about the eyes that makes me think like. It could be helpful. Yeah, it's it's not. I don't know. It's kind of it's cool looking, but it doesn't necessarily look inherently like terrifying either. So I see what you're saying is I like the idea that maybe these are kind of like guides almost. Maybe they're like spirits or something along the line, or maybe they're at least like aided by or they aid spirits. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like, okay, if they're good. Like, perhaps those that are lost or wandering, like, in the frozen, you know, wilderness, uh, like, they can appear to kind of help guide people, like, back on, you know, either to where they need to be, to their, you know, homes or to the trail or something, like. The thing I think is, well, because I'm trying to think of, like, what signs that could be present that people would interpret as these creatures being in the area. So, almost like an ice covered path that people know not to cross. Ooh, what about like frozen almost like icicles but like make that make like a chime like a you know frozen chimes, you know, it's like the sound of like frozen things like kind of clattering together kind of like it's like when the wind picks up or whatever and it kind of mm. signals perhaps like that's like the the legend or the myth that's associated that like when you hear that when you're traveling through like the wood the frozen woods or whatever that 
you know, that signals that, you know, one of these is close by or is watching you yeah. or something. Which, I mean, can definitely be both good and bad, depending on what you're doing in the woods. Right, right. So if they're good, then yeah. So what do they do, though? What are their, what is, I guess, what do people think they do? And then what do they actually do? I mean, do they do anything? I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to do anything, I guess. It could be a peaceful creature that just lives in the woods. I think, well, no, I like the idea of them protecting people in their in the area. I mean, essentially, the, the frozen north is a terrible place and essentially helping those that live there. You know, essentially benevolent, I guess, is kind of the word that comes to mind. Okay. Makes sense. The other thing I was trying to think of was the idea of almost like some shadow creature that also lives in the area you know and the idea of like you know, blink dogs always fight displacer beasts so do does the ice wolf always fight like the shadow panther oh i love it yes okay so the whatever like the evil or malevolent kind of spirit that haunts like the forest this is essentially like its counter counterpart mm-hmm. and this this icy wolf creature thing is maybe it's another spirit but it basically it serves to protect people from the evil spirit, either guiding them from it or literally coming to their aid. Like when the shadow spirit, like, you know, attacks someone or goes after people. Are you with me? Okay. So my idea is that the Sularor was modeled after the actual creature, the Arctic tiger, which is the evil counterpart to the ice wolf. Hmm. Okay. Wow. That's pretty cool. That's a good job tying those both together. Yes. I knew it could be done. Now I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess what's the is is that whole thing about it protecting those from like the shadow spirit? Is that the myth or is that the actual reality? I like to think that that's the reality. Of what it's doing. And maybe the myth is that people don't realize that that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like they think that, that maybe this wolf is like stalking, you know, stalks people or whatever. Like never, it never like goes after anyone, but people are like afraid of it, you know, whatever. But in reality, like it's helping. Like it's not, because people just don't realize that they're being helped, you know, and, and being protected against this evil spirit. Yeah. And I like the idea of it's just that kind of thing where it's the sightings are so few and far between that you and the, like no one wants to essentially no one wants to validate the idea that it's truly happening despite right it is actually happening oh i like the idea that the thing that this is protecting against this whatever the arctic tiger or the shadow you know evil spirit that like nobody can see it like it's a spirit like it's it's kind of like this invisible Mm. evil presence that this thing wards against but since people can't see that like people it's this creature is often misunderstood or mis you know identified because people think it's stalking them and it's like you know following them but in reality it's protecting them and like but people just don't ever realize that's what's going on okay so if it is that arctic tiger that is essentially like this cat creature made out of snow it could be seen by people as like this flurry of snow that drifts in mm-hmm. and then every time that happens the ice wolf shows up, but it's to defend the people. But now they feel that this precursor to the ice wolf showing up and bad things happening is this flurry of snow. So then they, you know, they can't 
figure out what is myth and what is reality and tie it back. Oh, now we've made a misunderstood creature. Oh, good for us. I like it. It gives some good story hooks, too, if you use that in a game where, you know, you having a misunderstood intentions is always leads to some interesting places with your with your characters. So definitely. But, sir, I say we've done it once again. I feel adequately worked out. Perfect. And if you wanted to tell us about the ice creatures that you have in your northern lands, you can always head over and email us at dmnastics at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter if you'd like to share some of your ideas with us. You can hit us up at DMnastics or individually. You can find Neil at Jotemoniac or you can find me at Josh Clyde. You can also join the network over at BlockPartyPodcastNetwork.com. Other shows, all sorts of stuff there. Go check it out. Rather than let these mental gains go to waste, we're going to head over and start taking our supplements. Chicken, you So for this particular installment of Taking Your Supplements, I wanted to highlight a series of books uh, for a couple of different game settings. Uh, It was originally written for 5th edition D&D and Pathfinder and has since been expanded into Starfinder as well. But uh, it is a series of books called Legendary Planet by Legendary Games, who is a very prolific uh, third-party RPG publisher. They've been writing stuff for D&D and Pathfinder for many, many, many years um, Jason Nelson is the guy that runs that company and he's a very, he writes very good stuff. He's been an RPG writer for, gosh, I don't even know how long, but essentially Legendary Planet is this sci-fi adventure that kind of is inspired by, say, something like, uh, if you took Conan the Barbarian along with like Stargate and maybe mixed in some like John Carter of Mars, essentially it's fantasy mixed in with like alien extraterrestrial stuff. So like, it's not just purely, Oh, we're all playing aliens and we've all got guns and we've got spaceships. It's there's no spaceships. There's no travel like that. Like there's, there's stargates literally like they're like stargates from, you know, Mm -hmm. that if you're familiar with that show or movie or whatever, it's all sorts of like cool planets that people are traveling from. And it's meant to be like displaced, you know, people like your elves and your dwarves and stuff from a fantasy setting that have been displaced into this like big grand space opera kind of, you know, story. It's really cool. And they've expanded it even to have like just a campaign setting. So like even if you don't want to run the series of adventures that they published, they're now releasing just a number of books on like star systems and other like bizarre alien planets, like a planet that's made completely of like the bones of you know, like these dis- like dead other aliens that have been like amassed into like this giant like ball, like rubble essentially that's now in space. Really bizarre stuff that's super cool. So if you ever like to change up your, you know, your D&D, do something that's a little bit outside of the typical fantasy uh, and you're looking for some inspiration, I highly recommend checking out the Legendary Planet series of books from Legendary Games. I think they're really great and you should totally go do that. But yeah, taking a quick look at this site, there are probably a dozen different worlds that you could get almost immediately and start peppering things into your game. I think it's a really cool and interesting way to surprise your players by having awesome things just show up. And you should definitely head over and check out all of these amazing things from Legendary Planet. So I just want to add real quick just to give you an idea of what neil is talking about the surprise element is a really cool thing that you could do 
Uh, the Legendary Planet Adventure that was written actually has like a prequel that starts off completely typical fantasy. Uh, it, it actually meant to be like a, almost like a little bit of foreshadowing, but a bait and switch almost where this prequel takes place in this village. It's like this little, you know, village by the lake. And then it leads into the players getting abducted, you know, by aliens, essentially, and, a, and being on like this prison space colony. So in a total like shift out of nowhere, but yet not completely. What it's it's super cool. So if you like the idea of like I want to mess with my players and throw them for a complete loop that they won't see coming, give it a shot. So with that, how about we turn out the lights and head out of the gym? So I want to implore listeners to join us on the forums and take part in all these challenges that we do and all the exercises that are being had, along with other conversations as well. Lots going on over on our forums. Definitely. And to do that, head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and try some DMnastics. So your players don't ask, do you even lift? Can I trust you? Add your own cardio. Yeah, no, don't put me down for cardio. What are you doing? Horizontal running.